Welcome to episode 9 of 20 in 20, a podcast from the New Experimental Hours Podcast Network. My name is Pat and I am your host. Today is Friday, December 11th, 2020. I'm broadcasting to you from my basement in Chicago. It's 11.41 a.m. I usually do all of my recording on Thursdays, but it's been a topsy-turvy week. My daughter, as I might have mentioned on past episodes attends a kindergarten pod, so to speak, um, with a teacher and some other students, some neighbors, and um, one of the kids, the teacher, came down with a cold and had to get tested. So Alice has been home with me all week just uh, as a matter of precaution and um, hence not being able to do all that much with the podcast. But I do have a free half hour right now, so Let's get going. For those who are just tuning in for the first time, 20 and 20 is a rapid-fire review program. I talk about sport, uh, cars, energy drinks, uh, those big protein jugs that like weightlifters have on the top of their fridge, um, Nikes. No, that's not true. I talk about music, movies, restaurants, television, that sort of thing. And I do it in 20 minutes. And I use a stopwatch. So right now, I am going to get my stopwatch ready. And I'm going to hit go. All right, everyone. The first thing I want to shout out today are baked apples. So a lot of you love apples. Just, you know, straight up from the store. What I like to do is, especially when the apples are getting a little bit old, a little overripe, I cut them into, let's say, half inch to full inch chunks. I usually do two at a time. I'll throw them on the uh, La Crusade um, casserole dish, and I'll bake them at 400 degrees for 20 minutes. And uh, you got to make sure you coat them in cinnamon, and they come out so tasty. You just eat them as is. You could throw them into oatmeal. That's a good move. And um, it's one of the best ways to get my kids to eat apples. They like them raw, but cooked, it's like guaranteed. Like they are eating at least half an apple each, which is kind of an achievement around my house. Uh, they're picky eaters, and baked apples are uh, a go-to. So shout-out to baked apples, and they make your house smell good. Another shout-out in the food and beverage world goes to SodaStream. My wife bought a SodaStream from Target. Um, she brought it home. I didn't know she was doing this, and I was kind of like, eh. You know, I've, I've tried to get away from LaCroix. It's expensive, a lot of can waste, and and um, but I do love it. I love bubbly water, and so... She, she brought home the soda stream and she made the first batches and like we got the hang of it. How many, how much CO2 to use, like how many drops of the, the flavor liquid and it's pretty awesome. I like that thing. Uh, we always have, you know, just the water bottle ready to go, pour a little bit, take a couple sips. Effervescent. I feel like I'm on Pat's Pop Show again. It's effervescent. It is bubbly. It makes your nose tingle. I mean, it's sparkling water. What's not to like? If you're not a fan of sparkling water, steer clear of the soda stream. But at about 50 bucks and like not all that much money for the refill canisters, soda streams are where it's at. Highly recommended. 
Recommended reading for this week, Jacobin Magazine. Some of you may be subscribers. I'm sure a lot of you read their uh, webpage. I like Jacobin's uh, print magazine. It comes, I think, every month, although it may come every other month. I'll have to check. Uh, regardless, I don't have a ton of time to read, so um, when I do crack open a Jacobin, there are a lot of nice short articles. There are some meatier ones that are like 10 pages each. The writing is excellent. Uh, Jacobin is a, I wouldn't say left-leaning, it's a fully leftist uh, magazine, progressive, socialist magazine that talks about the failures of capitalism, the failures of American business, American government, champions the, uh, the most progressive politicians out there, and um, has really made me a smarter and sharper thinker in terms of politics and uh, economics. And uh, it's, it manages to do that while being beautiful design-wise and uh, being a really entertaining read. And they often go with, uh, they do pop culture stuff as well. Like one of the last issues talked about new wave music. So, um, you know, that's right up my alley. Um, another thing I've been listening to uh, recently, well, it's the first thing I've been listening to recently. Mary Lattimore is a harpist from California. Harpist? Harpist from California. Her new record, Silver Ladders, is really beautiful. you got to check this record out. It's on Ghostly International, came out this year. She's pretty prolific. I think she's got five solo LPs or something like that to her name. She's also a um, prolific collaborator. She had a great record in 2018 with Meg Baird. And uh, I think that came out on either Drag City or Ghostly International. Uh, point being, Mary Lattimore's heart music um, kind of toes the line between minimal uh, classical music, ambient music, just straight up, uh, I would call it post-rock at times. It's really terrific stuff. It's, um, it's tender. It is quiet. It is moving. And I like to listen to it in the morning when I'm getting ready for the day. Yeah, Mary Lattimore. Um, I don't listen to this podcast in the morning, uh, but the In Vogue podcast, uh, the 90s, from Vogue magazine, is pretty spectacular. Um, I was getting ads for it, I think, on the GQ uh, Corporate Lunch podcast, which is also pretty good. But In Vogue, the 90s, chronicles the rise of the supermodels in the 90s, the rise of Gianni Versace, Armani, uh, some of the silhouettes that came to be, the grunge movement. It talks about the whole fashion industry in the 90s, and it's pretty stu uh, pretty entertaining and, and pretty fun stuff to hear about. I'm not one to follow women's fashion, and I, I don't really follow fashion, period. I follow more like clothing manufacturing. There, I think there's a distinction, but this is a cool peek into a world that I found a little bit esoteric and a little bit impenetrable. So if you... Um, have a fondness for the artistry of uh, fashion, you will probably like In Vogue, the 90s, that podcast. And uh, GQ put out a really solid piece by Noah Johnson last week uh, in praise of hard clothes. It really struck a chord with me and it resonated because I too have really pivoted hard to hard clothes. I know a lot of people in the pandemic have started wearing sweatpants 24-7, hoodies. I'm wearing a hoodie right now, I'm not going to lie. Or, um, you know, just like really soft fabrics, cashmere, um, cotton blends, and so forth. But Noah, in his piece, talks about how he is starting to prefer heavier weight clothing, clothing that reminds you that it's being worn by you, clothing that is designed and built to stand the test of time, clothing that might be, frankly, a little uncomfortable to wear. Um, thick pants. I like salvaged jeans. They take time to break in. Same with boots. I like to break in a pair of shoes. 
I like wool garments. I like scratchy flannels. I think I'm weird. I think that's probably not normal. But uh, I know I have a kindred spirit over at GQ because Noah Johnson wrote that piece and I just felt it. I felt it deep inside. So <laughs> I don't know if I felt it that deeply. But yeah, it resonated. So check that out. It's about it's hard clothes. Google that. You'll find it. I got to give a shout out to a little piece of technology that has been with me for five years. It is my mini boom Bluetooth speaker. I love this thing to death. I really do. I got it as a gift from Kathy, I think in 2015. So I think it's, I'm going on five years with this thing and it still works. It's not 100% dependable. It cuts in and out. Sometimes it needs to be charged right away. But this thing has, I have listened to music from this speaker for thousands of hours, literally thousands and thousands of hours. And it just keeps working. It sounds good. It holds a charge for a long time. It's very portable. It's indestructible. I've dropped it off the counter multiple times. UE's Mini Boom Speaker. The Boom one is good too, but I like the Mini Boom for travel purposes. Check them out. Pitchfork released their top 100 songs list uh, earlier this week. And so I want to do a rapid fire, even more rapid fire reviews of the top five songs that they featured. So the number one song of the year, according to Pitchfork, was Cardi B's WAP, W-A-P, I think you know what that stands for, but if you don't, it's wet ass pussy, kind of gross, uh, I think that's the point, in fact, I know that's the point, Megan The Stallion is a guest artist on that song, it's okay, um, I'm not a prude, I don't particularly like hearing anyone sing about this stuff, but, you know, I appreciate its its relevance in, in culture, uh, it's just not for me, uh, it gets a C, Christine and the Queens were up next with People I've Been Sad, Thought this song was boring. Um, it was musically kind of pretty, but it didn't really achieve all that much. The stakes were pretty low, and so I'm going to give that one another C. Uh, number three was Fiona Apple's I Want You to Love Me. Um, absolutely outstanding song. Uh, one of the best of the year, no question. A+. Plus. Uh, Megan The Stallion came in at number four with help from Beyonce on the Savage remix. Uh, like this a little bit more than WAP, but uh, still kind of fell flat for me, so that's getting a C+. Plus. And uh, finally, we have Safaera by Bad Bunny. Um, shout out to Diego for showing me Bad Bunny like last year. Um, you know, not really my jam, and uh, and that's okay. But I, I see some artistic merit in it. It's pretty cool at times. I don't hate that it's on, but I'm probably not going to go out of the way to listen to it. So Bad Bunny gets a, I'm going to give him a B minus. You know, it's cool. All right, moving on. A lot of people uh, have been reaching for the low-hanging fruit and criticizing musicians for doing live streams talking about how live streams are either annoying or uncomfortable or awkward and uh yeah that's probably true but i think um these critics need to shut up frankly because musicians are trying to um make a life for themselves they're trying to make money now that their touring um income has been completely decimated by covid a lot of these people probably were in the service industry so that's been decimated too um and you're going to criticize them for doing some live streams? Just shut up and don't watch. Like, I don't know how you can do that. So, like, I'm going to put you on blast right now. Live streams are, you know, for a person like me, I kind of dig it. I'm sitting at home. I got, I paid maybe 10 bucks. I feel good about myself. I don't feel great. I mean, I'm pleased to be supporting an artist I like. They're playing music. It feels like it's just for me. I think it's kind of cool. So, Hoping to see more live streams from musicians I like in the near future. I think they're getting better. I think they're better than they were at the beginning of the quarantine. And um, 
And, you know, I'm here for it, frankly. A movie I am not here for and I will never watch again that I thought was frankly terrible was a movie called Jingle Jangle. Jingle Jangle. <laughs> I, why did I even click play if the name of the movie was Jingle Jangle? Well, I was looking for a holiday film for my kids. Like, we have a lot of free time now and like we spend time watching movies and holiday movies are such a no-brainer i press play on this new netflix jingle jangle movie man it sucked those songs were garbage it was like some post hamilton crap where there's like sort of like a bouncy rhythm and blues kind of thing and there's like this over singing that i so detest this like american idol nonsense and, um, you know, I got to give a shout out. They, they used a diverse cast. I don't know why they didn't just set the movie in the current day. Um, I would have lost nothing if they had put it in 2020. But they made it look like a Dickens, like Scrooge or a Harry Potter or something. But, um, you know, I got to give a shout out to um, what the heck's the guy's name? Uh, Forrest Whitaker did a nice job in the lead role. But overall, this was a stinker. Uh, thumbs down. Don't watch it. Trash. Um, I got a mail. I got some mail the other day from St. Jude's Children's Hospital, and I'm not going to put St. Jude's on blast. What they do is cool. I just want you to um, to think about what organizations you donate to, especially around the holidays. I think St. Jude's has a terrific outreach program. They're able to send mail to lots and lots of people. They have a tremendous budget um, to be able to do so. I think you should probably spend your money elsewhere. I think St. Jude has plenty of money. Um, and, and that's true of a lot of companies or organizations that can send you all that mail and send everybody all that mail. That stuff costs money. So, you know, think about donating to an abortion fund to help a young woman get an abortion she needs if she doesn't have the money to do it. Think about donating to a bail uh, bond fund so that um, people can be um, not have to spend time in jail. Uh, think about donating to environmental groups that are doing good work around the world. Um, just... Uh, really scrutinize where you spend your money around the holidays in terms of charitable giving. Don't stop doing it. If you're going to give nothing or give something to St. Jude's, by all means, give it to them. But just think about what you really value and um, spend accordingly. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, rowing Blazers, speaking of spending accordingly, Rowing Blazers, they put out like $200 shirts. So uh, kind of a grotesque pivot. But I loved their new capsule collection with Babar, Babar the Elephant, that cartoon. God is so clever. They made these sweatpants with like little babars on them, embroidered corduroy pants with little like uh, babar driving an old fashioned car all over print. Um, some terrific hoodies and sweatshirts. Man, that was such a great collaboration. And I, I think uh, I said as much in my last newsletter that Rowing Blazers had sort of an off year. Some of the stuff really didn't hit with me, but this capsule collection um, was awesome. So shout out to them. I, I have plenty of stuff from Rowing Blazers, so I did not cop, but I do um, I do really like what they're doing. And it's all made in Canada, I believe, or made in uh, ethically, so that's awesome. A collaboration in the clothing world that I did not like that much, and I was surprised I didn't like it, was Braindead. Uh, it's a collaboration with Magic the Gathering. On paper, these seem like, uh, seems like a strange pairing, but... Honestly, it's not all that weird. Brain Dead seems to borrow a lot from the imagery of the Magic World. Magic the Gathering is a card game. Uh, I'm sure you know what it is. And, and Brain Dead turned a couple Magic illustrations and ideas into garments. I, I believe there was some like a hat and some sweatshirts and tote bags. 
and they were fine. I just think they could have done more. It, the images were a little Coles 2006, frankly, and um, I, I'm not sure what I would have done personally. Like, I would have probably made a lotus flower jacket of some sort, like an all-over print, maybe a tapestry jacket. I think that would have been tight, but I am not the creative mind behind Braindead. I'm simply a consumer, so I'm not buying it, and I, I, didn't, I didn't love it, but I wanted to. I hope they're... And the Braindead's had a great year, so I know they'll get back to it. Uh, Kathy and I did a little shopping the other day. Uh, Black Friday deals, uh, December deals. We bought some new bedding. And I just want to give a shout-out to bedding. They say you should spend, or at least don't, uh, don't be frugal about the shoes you wear, the tires you put on your car, and the sheets and the comforter and the mattress you sleep on. And I think that's true. Uh, specifically, I think you should get new bedding not very regularly, but like if, if your sheets are looking, you know, if you've had them for 10 years and they weren't that expensive to begin with or like you, you don't love them, buy some new sheets. Buy a new comforter that you love. Buy a new mattress, for God's sakes, and get a king-size mattress. If you can fit it in your apartment and you can afford it, it will make your life better. I promise you that. So think about your bedding. Scrutinize your bedding. There's room for improvement. And uh, it costs a little bit, but I think the return on investment is huge. Also want to talk about rubber bands. The um, Specifically, the male workers in my neighborhood um, seem to use a lot of rubber bands and they drop them all over the place. And it's a very strange thing to me to be able to just drop these rubber bands all over the ground. <laughs> I'm not putting the male people on blast. I actually really think the, the Postal Service has been doing an incredible job. Uh, considering the challenges, but I would like to see some of these rubber bands not hit the pavement. Just just keep them, hold on to them, and reuse them. That's all. We're going to do a little round of underrated, overrated, properly rated. Christmas movies. Three Christmas movies, to be exact. It's a Wonderful Life, White Christmas, and A Christmas Story. First up, overrated. It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life is a great movie, but it is overrated. It is often default for the number one Christmas movie of all time. I think it's good. I just don't think it's that good. Um, underrated is White Christmas. People tend to think of it as the um, sort of the uh, inferior version of like It's a Wonderful Life. If you were going to go to a double screening like they used to do at the Music Box, White Christmas would come first because It's a Wonderful Life is the closer. It's the closing act. Uh, I don't think it's... Um, I actually think White Christmas is a lot better. The tap dancing is incredible. The sets are beautiful. It's filmed in Technicolor, so it looks amazing. The performances are great. And uh, Bing Crosby uh, shines. He's incredible in that movie. And so are the uh, his uh, co-star, co, uh, Danny Kay. Rosemary Clooney, uh, I can't remember what the other woman's name is, but man, what a cast. Incredible. And properly rated, A Christmas Story. I think a lot of people would say it's overrated, but it's not. It's funny as hell. I know it's on every single Christmas like a million times in a row. Um, that's not the movie's fault. The movie at its core is an incredible movie. It's funny. Uh, it looks great. The performances are good. It feels more Midwest than any movie I've ever seen, probably, and uh, it's just a timeless classic. So, overrated, It's a Wonderful Life. Underrated, White Christmas. Properly rated, A Christmas Story. Underrated, Jingle Bells. The song Jingle Bells. Some of you are probably thinking, that song blows, Pat. What on earth are you talking about? Well, here, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. It does not blow. It's a good song. 
and uh, it's probably the victim of just uh, too much repetition. But my kids are in love with this Mickey Mouse version of Jingle Bells, and it's got Goofy singing Jingle Bells, like singing a verse. Kathy's going to hate me, but I got to do it. Well, dashing through the snow. It's like, <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry, everyone at home. Um, it's so funny and good. And also John Fahey's version, his like American finger-picking version, a lot more tasteful and also terrific. So Jingle Bells rocks. Um, got to give a special shout-out. I'm a little bit behind right now on my time, so I'm just going to give a quick shout-out to Taylor Swift for putting out a new record five months after Folklore came out. I'm sure you all are already sick about hearing about it. Um, but I'm a big fan, and uh, from what I've heard so far of this new LP, Evermore, it sounds like she's done it again. Like It's a, a really solid collection of songs. I urge you to check it out. If you don't want to, that's okay. It's your job. Or, uh, it's, uh, it's your free time. It's your life. Uh, it's now or never, and you're not going to live forever. Uh, the weekend had an incredible year. The weekend, W E E K N D. Okay. Um, Sahaya, what is his name? Abe, oh, fudge. I don't remember his name exactly, but man, what an incredible year that guy had. He put out his After Hours record. It was a big smash hit, number one album. People didn't think that he had it in him. He put it out right as COVID started and everyone, when everyone was pulling their albums, he went through with it and he uh, found great success. Probably because the music is um, outstanding. The singles are anyway. Some of it doesn't land, but the singles are really, really good. What else do you want from a pop record? You want strong singles. Blinding Lights is a strong single. After Hours is a strong single. To truly appreciate The weekend, you have to watch his performances on television. His SNL performance, unrivaled. Um, uh, Stephen Colbert, amazing. And he wears the same outfit every single performance. His commitment to the theme of the record is awesome to the aesthetic of the record is awesome he's always got his nose bandaged up for whatever reason it's freaking weird it's lynchian but it works and i'm sure people are weirded out by it at home and i think that's great you should make normal people feel weird that's cool the weekend rocks man i'm really into him he had the best celebrity 2020 uh put it in the books shout out to him last but not least i want to give a special special shout out to harold budd who died last year week at the age of 84 from complications with COVID-19. Harold Budd, um, for those who don't know, was a pioneer of ambient new age music. He is responsible for one of my favorite ambient records of all time, along with Brian Eno. Ambient 2, The Plateau of Mirror. I think that's a gorgeous record. I listen to it, uh, it seems like every week, honestly. I got the CD, the liner notes are great. He has a lot of other great, um, albums too he was very prolific so like you go on spotify you check them out just beautiful music upon beautiful music many hours for you to discover harold budd uh dead at 84 from covid19 another uh tragic loss um from 2020 but he lived a long life and he made a lot of great art so salute thank you harold budd for sharing your gifts with us for all those years and that's it that's 20 reviews in 20 minutes. I want to thank you for joining me today. This has been 20 and 20. My name was Pat Klaza. I'm your host, and I'll be your host next week. Holiday season continues. COVID season continues. Please stay safe. Please wear a mask. Please visit with people outside. Please don't smooch random strangers on the street. You know the deal. Be smart. Be safe. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.